Today's daf is Betza Kaftet. We are four lines from the top of Kaftet Amud Aleph with the Mishnah. And we're still dealing with the issues of commercial transactions or, you know, transfers of food and goods that are permitted on Yom Tov, uh, but are, uh, you know, could potentially involve uh, commercial-like activities, and how do we distinguish the way that we would distribute food and drink and other such necessities on the holiday? Uh, how do we distinguish that from uh, business activity that's prohibited on Shabbat and Yom Tov? So the Mishnah says, a person could say to his friend, please fill this vessel up for me. But now mention a, uh, a, a, a uh, an, uh, an amount, okay? The Gemara will explain exactly what this means, what, what exactly it's referring to. But he should, he shouldn't uh, use a, uh, a measurement. So let's put it that way. Rabbi Yudah says, if it was a, a vessel of measurement, a measuring vessel, he shouldn't fill it. Okay? Abba Shaul ben Botnit used to fill the measures on Erev Yom Tov and give them to the customers on Yom Tov itself. Abba Shaul Omer, he would even do this um, on the Chola Moed, and, uh, and the Grad takes out this next piece of Mipne Beroya Midot, and uh, the Bach actually. Um, yeah, also takes it out, seemingly. Um, the Chachamim said that even during the weekday he would do this because of the, basically the precision of the Midot. So uh, the, uh, the concern is that if he would, if he would sell something that, uh, that uh, potentially a certain measurement. So Rashi says, Let's say, for instance, you have oil they're selling. He would measure out for each person uh, the amount that they had bought from him. He would leave them all night long to spill out so that not even a drop of what he owed the person would fail to get to them. In other words, he'd make sure they got every drop of what they ordered. The concern being that, you know, with wine, there's foam that comes up. If you pour from one cup to the other, you see foam, you think that you gave a full cup, but really it was less than that. It was foam on the top. So he was very precise about making sure that whatever he was paid for uh, was what he gave. The, um, the Gemara says, My So I was trying to be vague uh, about what that meant at the beginning of the Mishnah when it said, a person could say, fill, fill up this vessel, but not with measurement. What does that mean? Meaning, not using a measuring cup. Don't use a measuring vessel, a regular vessel. But if you have a vessel that's not actually being used for uh, measurement, even though it is your backup measuring cup, but it hasn't been used for actual measuring, you're allowed to use it according to this. Okay, right? That even if you have a vessel that's never been used for measuring before, but it's your backup measuring cup, you shouldn't use that either. Implying that Rabbi Huda is the one who's stringent about Simchat Yom Tov, he's the one who's restricting what you're allowed to do, and the rabbis are lenient. But in other cases, we've seen the opposite. We saw in the in just in yesterday's daf 
that according to Rabbi Udam, you're allowed to measure meat uh, by placing any other vessel on the other side of the scale. And the rabbis say, no, you're not allowed to do it at all. Now, why is that related to Simchat Yom Tov? Because the fact that they allowed butchers and bakers and so on to distribute food and goods on Yom Tov was to enjoy the Yom Tov. And if they restricted the ability, any restriction on the ability to weigh or the ability to distribute, that's going to discourage somebody from wanting to do it because they think they're going to be cheated or they're going to not get what they, what's coming to them, you know, then, then it's going to disrupt the, disrupt the uh, Simchat Yom Tov. Rabbi Yudah is more lenient, so he's pro-Simchat Yom Tov. Al-Mar Rabbi Yudah lekula, for Rabbanan Chumra, we see that Rabbi Yudah is lenient and allows you more leeway for Simchat Yom Tov, and the rabbi is not. So, Kashi Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Yudah, Kashi Rabbanan and Rabbanan. Seems like a uh, contradiction. The rabbis were stringent about weighing and they're lenient about vessels that you can fill with drink or with liquids. And Rabbi Yehuda is the opposite. He was lenient about weighing and he's stringent about the measuring. Rabbi Yehuda will say, look, when it came to scales, I said you could use a vessel as the counterweight, which is a random vessel. It has nothing, it's not designated in any way, shape or form as a measuring uh, implement. You just use a fork, you used a spoon, you used anything, right? But over here, we're talking about using the backup cup that when your current measuring cup, be, you know, is, uh, gets lost or you're done with it, you're going to use this. So it does have a connection to measurement. The rabbis will also are not in contradiction because they'll say, look, over there by the measuring, it's still something. By using a scale, it is a type of uh, weekday activity. So even though, um, and, and, and it could be, Rashi says, that once in a while, if he doesn't have the counterweight available, he does use one of his vessels that he knows the weight of it to uh, measure his, his wares, okay? So it's not so unlikely, whereas, but when it comes to here, this is a vessel which, yeah, it might have a future as a measuring vessel, but it's never been used before as a measuring vessel. It's just his future measuring vessel, so it should be allowed to be used to pour things into it on the Yom Tov. Rava, Rava says, no, my Lobemida. I disagree with this interpretation. When it says Lobemida, it means Shelo Yezkilo Shemida. It's not talking about allowing the person to use an item which is a backup, uh, which is a backup um, uh, measuring vessel. Right. In other words, according to the uh, right. So, in other words, according to the first interpretation, what did we say that uh, that. Uh, uh, that uh, the, the point of avalobe mida meant avalobe kliam yuchad mida, meaning you can't use your current measuring cup, but you could use one that is going to be your future measuring cup. Ravaz coming along and saying, what does it mean avalobe mida? Not to mention the mida, but you could even use your current measuring cup as long as you don't measure, you don't mention the measuring, right? Forget about a backup, even the current one you could use. And Rabbi Yudas says, no, kliam yuchad mida, lo yimal enu. And Rabbi Udas says, no, anything that's designated for measuring, you cannot use, even if you don't me- mention the measuring. In other words, according to Rava, there's no difference between a future and a current measuring vessel. The only question is whether you mentioned it or not, whether you expressed it or not. So now we find Rabbi Udas being stringent with regard to Simchat Yom Tov and the rabbis being lenient. But we saw the opposite. The time Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Shokel Adam Basar. Like we just saw above. 
that, a, that the rabbis were stringent about not using a scale at all to measure out meat, and Rabbi Yehuda was lenient. Here, Rabbi Yehuda is saying you cannot touch a measuring cup at all, but the Chachamim were saying as long as you don't say anything about it, it's okay. Alma Rabbi Yehuda lekula Right, so that means that Rabbi Yehuda is lenient and the rabbis are stringent. So kasha de Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, kasha de Rabbanan, de Rabbanan. It seems like a self-contradiction of both Rabbi Yehuda and the rabbis, but the Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, kasha hadam b'shinom yuchad mida, chadam yuchad mida. The Rabbanan, the Rabbanan, nami kasha hadam kavdin kavdin b'chol. Hacha lo kavik kavdin b'chol. Davdei inesh inshei de mekarvei chamra b'manad dekila v'shatu. So. And the Gemara basically gives the same answer this, in this version for Rabbi Yehuda also. It says, look, over by this scale, he was talking about using items as counterweights that are not related to measurement at all. Using a hammer, using a spoon, whatever. Uh, whereas here, we're talking about using an actual measuring cup. So even if you don't mention that it's a measuring cup, it's a measuring cup. The Chachamim will say, look, when it comes to a scale, you're doing what you do on a weekday. Because once in a while, you might use some random item as a backup counterweight. So... Using a scale at all is basically doing a weekday activity. But over here, when we're talking about putting things in a measuring cup, sometimes a person will run out of uh, vessels. Sometimes a person will take a measuring cup and will use it as a drink, a drinking cup. So it's not necessarily that he's using it for uh, measurement. And therefore, he would be allowed to do that on Yom Tov as long as he doesn't mention anything about measurement. He just uses it to fill it. We talked about that Abba Shul ben Botnit, that he was so strict about the measurements of things to make sure that uh, he would even pour the liquids out all night long to make sure that he didn't cheat his customers at all. Tanya, we learned in Abaita. Ab Moedo second, even did this on Yom Tov, because of the Beta Midrash. Now, she says that uh, because he was a great Chacham and many people came to speak to him on the holiday, and uh, people are learning. All cholamoed. So therefore, he would want to fill up all of the vessels for his customers at the nighttime when the Beit Midrash wasn't so active, so that he would have time to learn during the day. So that was for a different reason, not because of the, um, not because of the uh, uh, of the uh, uh, fairness in terms of the measurements, but in, because he didn't want to, in, he didn't want to miss the Beit Midrash because people were waiting for him to learn with them in the Beit Midrash. So he would do it at night and. Uh, Rashi says that another interpretation, which has to do with the second version of the Mishnah that he, he rejects, actually, um, is that Bitul Beit HaMidrash is of the people who were coming, not of himself. In other words, rather than have them wait for him pour, to pour out the measurement and wait for the foam to go down and so on, he didn't want to waste their time, so he did it the night before. Either way, right? this is another reason to do it the night before. Who kines shlosh meot garveyayin b'roi amidot? V'chavirav kanesu. So what he did was he brought 300 barrels of wine of the leftover measurements and his associates brought 300 barrels of oil from the Mitsuya Midot, from the leftover oil uh, measurements and brought them to the uh, treasurers of the Bet HaMikdash in Yerushalayim. Now the idea was that he would look at the end of the day and say, look, I originally had in my stock X number of barrels I sold and made profit on Y number of barrels. All of my, based upon my calculation, I should have no barrels right now, but I have 300 barrels. So what does that mean? That means that 300 barrels worth of what I supposedly sold was really just foam that evaporated by the time the customer got home. And I actually cheated them out of 300 
barrels worth of wine because I ended up with 300 extra barrels of wine that should have been sold according to my calculations. So obviously, I wasn't giving them the full measurement. And with the oil, the, uh, the colleagues at oil, that was because the oil gets stuck to the sides. We know oil gets stuck to the sides of the measuring cups, to the sides of the barrels and so on. And therefore, uh, the, was not dispensed fully according to the amount that the customer paid for. So they brought all this up and said, look, we want to give it to the Beit HaMikdash, this extra, the surplus. So the, uh, the, the, the treasurers of the Beit HaMikdash said, uh, you don't have to do this, right? Meaning since you didn't intend to steal and the customers realize they also don't want to wait for every drop of oil to go into their container and for every drop of wine to go into their container, it's not your fault. So But they said, look, we don't want it. We don't want something that doesn't really belong to us. We don't want to benefit from it. So therefore what? So, since you're being so strict upon yourselves, rather than giving them to the Beit HaMikdash, okay, you can't give it as a Koban, obviously, because something that you really believe is not yours, you can't give as a Koban anyway. So therefore what? You need to give it to Torche Rabim. You have to put it towards communal welfare. Because if a person takes something, as we're going to see, if you stole, but you don't know from whom, so what you should do is, you should, let's say you stole $100, you don't know from whom, give $100 to some public works, some public benefit. So that way, the person you stole from hopefully will benefit from whatever you contribute. What's an example of this public works? The different kinds of cisterns and pits and caves where they kept water reservoirs, basically. Contribute to the, um, to the upkeep of these because that benefits everyone. And then uh, inevitably the person that was the victim of your stealing will benefit from the money, will get it back. One time Rav Chizda was walking with Rav Naukva and he said the following Dvarasha. He took him on a walk and he told him a Dvar Torah. He said, uh, A person should not measure the barley and place it before his animal on Yom Tov. However, what he could do is he, he's allowed to, uh, um, uh, he, he shouldn't, uh, what he should, he can take the, um, the actual kav measuring cup thing, stick it into the uh, pile of, uh, uh, of grain and just uh, put it in front of the animal. In other words, that's not the normal way you do things. You normally take the grain and you put it into the measuring cup. You don't use the measuring cup as a scooper. So if you use it as a scooper and then you just put it in front of the animal, you're using the kav measurement to do that. That's okay. But you shouldn't measure it out first and then put it in front of the animal. But you can do it basically the same activity. You scoop it up and put it directly from the measuring cup in front of the animal. That would be allowed to do. Um, the chef is allowed to measure. In other words, if somebody is uh, is cooking food, he's allowed to measure the amount that he needs for each um, uh, for for each spice and so on, because he doesn't want to ruin his food. If he if he doesn't measure it properly, he's going to ruin his food. A woman is allowed to measure the flour that she uses for making her dough on Yom Tov. So she will give the chala with a generous eye. In other words, normally we're supposed to give an amount of chala, which is one twenty-fourth to the Kohen. 
And when the woman is involved and she does it precisely, she knows exactly how much 124th is of the dough to give. But when she uh, is doing it by estimate and not precisely, she'll always estimate to her own favor and say, oh, I, I, it was less. It was, it was less actually flour that I used. And then she'll give less. So this way she knows exactly how much she gave. So she gives exactly, she knows exactly how much flour she put in the dough. So she knows exactly how much has to go to the Kohen. She can't fudge it. Shmuel says no. Even though that's a good cause to want to, um, and to make sure that the Kohen gets exactly what his due is, uh, it's not allowed to measure it just in order to uh, make sure that the Kohen gets more chala. Didn't the yeshiva of Shmuel say in the Tosefta, because there was a Tosefta, a specific group of teachings that were, that were from the previous generation, that Shmuel organized and were, so to speak, published by his yeshiva, um, it said that it was allowed. Now that we see that Shmuel himself said Asur, but in his official teaching that came out, that he edited and came out of his Beit Midrash, they said it's allowed. What does that show you? He's coming to teach you Halacha Maase. And Rashi says, in other words, what it means is that the official position, in other words, what's written in the text that Shmuel pu- published, so to speak, was that it's allowed. And that's really the technical halacha that the lady is allowed to measure the flower. But if somebody asks you, you tell them no. If you see somebody doing it, you don't have to correct them because what they're doing has a basis. But if somebody asks you, you tell them no. Shmuel halacha atala that's the very top of Kaftet Amudet. Now, Tanu Rabbanan, the rabbis don't. You cannot further sift. Rashi says, Shonin there's not so much trouble. Rashi says, uh, that if uh, that uh, that you had already sifted it from the day before, and now you want to do it again to make it super fine, okay? You can't do it because you could have done it yesterday. You could have done it on erev yom tov. However, Rabbi Papayis Rabbi they say you can. Rashi says the because it's no trouble. In other words, it's just a. Uh, um, you can tell that it's a second time that it's being done, and it's just for uh, extra purity of the flower. It's no problem. So according to the rabbis, you cannot do it because you should have done it before. If you wanted to sift it even more and make it super pure, you should have done it before. According to Rav Papias and Rabbi Yudavim Tera, it's allowed. That if a rock or a piece of wood fell into the flower shishoni, then you can go back and sift it again, because since it happened on Yom Tov, and there was no way you could have fixed that from before Yom Tov, because it happened on Yom Tov, you're allowed to clean it out to make bread with it. A tana, a reciter of, of rabbinic teaching, said in front of Ravina, you're not allowed to re-sift the flour to make it especially fine on Yom Tov, but if some kind of foreign object fell in, you're allowed to take it out. What do you mean? You're not allowed to take something directly out of the flower. That's borer. That's in a case of separating. In other words, in, uh, on the contrary, when you uh, re-sift flour, it's less of a thing because you're not really doing anything. You're, just re- you're, you're not really taking anything bad out. You're just making it even more refined. But when you take out pebbles or wood, you're actually taking something out that's really, uh, that's really borer. Rava, the son of Rafuna, the younger taught at the door of, of the, uh, meaning he taught publicly in Nahardeah, the following halacha, <clears throat> which is, 
You're allowed to double sift the flour on Yom Tov, meaning for the second time. It's already been sifted, you're doing it again. said to them, Go and tell Abba, meaning to go and tell my, uh, uh, the, uh, um, my elders, or as she says, and Rashi, you know, he clarifies and he says, it doesn't mean my father, literally. It means, well, he's saying, Chaveri, go tell my colleague, which is Rava. He's calling it him Abba, that Shakil, Shakila Tivutech Vishadeh Chizre, that um, your, uh, Rashi says, en anu We don't give you any, uh, you're not doing us any favors. We don't, we don't owe you anything. Because, your goodness is already taken away and thrown on the thorns. That's what it, meaning it, you're not doing us any good. Because there are already so many people sifting flour on Yom Tov, meaning it's not a chidush to them. It's nothing new to the people here. Everybody knows that it's already permitted. So the fact that you're getting up and you're teaching it as uh, something that's permitted is no chidush to anybody here. You're not doing us, uh, you're not giving us any novelty. Rav Yosef's wife would was sifting the flour on the back of this of the sieve in in order to do it in an unusual way right so he said make sure that i you know i want to have uh, i want to have good bread meaning you don't need to do anything unusual you don't need to do it on the back of the sieve i want to make sure that we have good bread meaning it's totally fine to do it the normal way the wife of Rav Ashi was uh, also sifting the flour on the back of the table. Um, meaning it was to do it in an unusual way because she didn't want to sift flour on Yom Tov in the normal way. Rav Ashi ha-didan marad So he said, my, my wife is the daughter of Rami Bar and he was very, very particular about his halachic practice. And if it were not for the fact that she saw this being done in her father's house, she wouldn't have done it. So in other words, he saw that as a minhag that she had, as a custom that she had, that she learned from her father's house, and he did not try to change it. Unlike what Rav Yosef did when he told his wife, just uh, sift the flour normally. The Mishnah says, A person can go to a shopkeeper that he knows, Give me five eggs. Give me six nuts. Beminyan, the number. Because this is something that's normal that we count these items one by one in the house. So it's not using a weight measure or anything like that um, that uh, you know would be would seem like a commercial activity. A person could go to a shepherd that he knows and say, "Give me one." Goat, give me one sheep. Or to a shochet, to a butcher, and say, Give me one uh, such and such part of the animal, the leg of the animal, the foot. Kaf uh, is uh, is the foot, but the um, it should take. Uh, according to Rashi, it should take katef. I'm sorry, according to the hagaot, the corrections on such should say uh, shoulder of the animal, whatever means certain part. Goes to somebody who raises birds and says, Give me one tor, one goes out, different kinds of birds. Uh, you know, or if he goes to a uh, uh, chef or a baker, 
give me a, uh, a one loaf or one cake. Or he goes to a shopkeeper, and he tells him, he tells the shopkeeper, give me 20 eggs or 50 nuts. Um, or give me, uh, uh, give me uh, 10 peaches or five uh, pomegranates. As long as he doesn't mention a measurement like a weight, like a certain number of kilos or pounds or whatever. Rabbi Shimon ben Lazar says it's not so important the measurement, but the money. Don't measure. Don't mention an amount of money. <coughs> That's where it becomes a commercial activity when money is mentioned. Um, so, and really, both of these are brought as halacha that when dealing with such matters on a yom tov, we should not me- mention the types of measurements that are used in commercial contexts, such as kilos, pounds, ounces, and so on. Nor should we measure and mention any monetary value of the items that are changing hands, but rather we should just mention the item, the number of items that we want, the same way that in our house we would say, oh, I need three eggs for this, I need two uh, nuts for that, I need uh, four uh, apples, whatever. So that would, you know, that would be okay. Uh, it, that's something you would do normally in your, uh, in your home. So there's no issue of it seeming commercial. So we don't me- mention the measurements or the money. We just mention the items that we need. And that is a way that um, items could change hands even on Shabbat and Yom Tov without violating any of the rules against commercial activity. That's the conclusion of the third parak of Masachet B'Tabes. We'll begin the fourth parak tomorrow.